You're listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Neinheis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine. And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. Welcome to the Eat With Grace podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the baby formula shortage. I know this is a very uh, hot topic in the media right now. Um, It's all over social media. There's lots of moms. I've seen lots of moms personally and friends on Facebook talking about it, saying that they can't find the formula that their baby's using uh, and just people getting really uh, desperate um, and maybe a little bit scared about this. And so we just wanted to talk about it from a dietitian's perspective. We want to talk about it from a mom perspective um, and maybe just give you some, some options. Um, maybe clear up some of the messaging that you might be hearing. I know I myself am confused by it. Um, should you or shouldn't you be doing something homemade? Should you or should you not be using cow's milk? I think that's what we want to talk about today. So I know Jackie is really well-versed in this. I would say more than me. She's been doing a lot of research on it. So I'm going to turn it over to her and just let her explain a little bit about what's going on, what we can do uh, with these formula shortages right now. So go ahead, Jackie. Thank you, Brooke. I do feel like this is a really serious situation because it's so personal and um, it's different than the other kinds of foods that sometimes don't show up on the shelves if we want it because um, breast milk or formula is the entire nutrition that a baby gets, especially in the first six months. So I understand that um, moms feel like, oh, what am I going to do? How do I handle this? And even if they have a little bit of formula now, how long would I last? How long is this all going to last? So I feel like there is a lot of fear out there. But I want to just say that I don't feel like the fear is warranted, even though it's a super serious situation. And it's the most precious thing you have baby and it is 100% of their nutrition it's still not something we have to fear because there are lots of alternatives. And I thought we could talk about what the alternatives are right now. I think there's a a misconception out there that formula is the only thing that you can do. And it's scary not having that formula available, but we're gonna push back on that culture of fear. And we're gonna say, You know, God has given us a whole lot of alternatives in our world today. Um, I would say 50, 60, 70 years ago, we wouldn't have had as many alternatives. And before formula was even invented, you know, people had to figure out how to feed their babies. And there have always been those situations where for one reason or another, a mother wanted to supplement nursing with uh, something else. And so they've always, we've always had to do that. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But first, we're going to talk about maybe ways that you can find formula if it's not on your shelf. First of all, there might be other brands of formula to try. That's definitely the first thing to do because other brands can, um, your baby is resilient and 
chances are they will be able to adapt to it. So if you have a little bit of your regular formula left, you can mix it mm -hmm. with a new brand. So the flavor is very much the same. And when you run out of the old formula and you go to the new formula, it's not going to be as much of a change. But most babies really don't even notice a change in the flavor. So you might not even have to worry. And just about all babies can use any of the regular formulas. They don't have to be on the specialized formulas. There might be a few that do. And for those, um, if it's a formula that you can't find, uh, Abbott and some of the other formula companies, they have a hotline. And you can call in emergency situations, ask for formula, and they will send it to you on a case-by-case -case basis. That is just a wonderful alternative if you're so desperate. Also, your pediatrician's office might have samples of formula that you can use. Your pediatrician is a, a really good resource to find out what would they suggest you do. Um, I have heard from different sources that some of the small boutiques have formula and that might be a good place to look. Also, the big box stores, they are constantly getting in formula. So hopefully they'll get a truckload in, there'll be some available. They're limiting the amount of formula to three cans and they ask that people not hoard formula because if you hoard the formula, that means some other baby is not getting it. So those are just some alternatives to where we can find formula right now. Have you heard any others, Brooke? You know, actually, yeah, I saw uh, yesterday a couple of times on my Facebook feed, uh, people were saying that you could get it on Amazon if you change your country of origin. Now, I haven't tried that, so I don't know how that works. But if you go into your Amazon account, um, or even if you don't have an account, I'm sure you can do it. And instead, you know, there should be an American flag somewhere in there. Um, if you change it to Canada, it's available in Canada. So I don't know if, if there's any issues with um, having it shipped across, uh, you know, the border or not. But I know that there's lots of people who said they've had luck buying um, from Canada. So that's an option. That's and I've also heard people have had luck on Instacart. Oh, that, sure. that they can go on Instacart and look at, they find it lots of different places and they'll um, be able to get it for you. Yeah. So, yeah, the other one I just thought of, um, I know of food pantries. So I think there's some food pantries or food banks um, that might have it available as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, um, we don't necessarily ever recommend that you use expired products, but I know I do often especially in powdered uh, form. I know that it's sterile. I know that it's safe. So if it was expired by just a small amount of time, I would not hesitate to use formula if, if uh, that's all I had available. It's not like using an expired um, fresh milk, right? You know, it's, it's powdered and, and it has a longer shelf life and it probably lasts past the expiration date, especially in these times where it's difficult to find. Right. So let's say that um, you have run out of options and you haven't been able to find formula. The next best option is going to be cow's milk. And cow's milk is usually recommended nine to 12 months, but um, pediatricians now are recommending that we 
can introduce foods to babies at four to six months. So that would also be an age where you could introduce cow's milk and you could use that in place of formula, especially for a short time. Mm -hmm. So that might not be a long-term solution for a really young infant, but it is um, one that could be used. Now, cow's milk doesn't have as much iron in it and it has a little bit more protein in it. So you wanna think about supplementation with iron, but if your baby is from four to six months, you could also add foods that are high in iron. I know my daughter's baby, one of the first foods that she ate is we made really soft meatballs and um, we used red meat that's high in iron but you could try some other high iron foods like eggs and um, the egg yolk is higher in iron than the egg white, which doesn't have iron in it. So there are other um, big beans and legumes with some iron in it, but those are all sources that are not high in iron like breast milk. So you might even think of supplementation. And the fear here is that the baby might become anemic but your pediatrician could keep an eye on that by testing for anemia. Yep. So. Yeah, I think definitely in that four to six month range um, where kids, you know, babies are starting to eat other foods, you have the option of getting those nutrients and those other things that they might be missing, maybe from that, you know, sole breast milk diet. But what about those moms that are in like the, the zero to three month range um, where their babies can't take solid foods yet? Do you have any ideas or suggestions for them? You know, one of the suggestions, if they breastfeed at all, they could go totally to breastfeeding. Um, that is logistically hard for some moms if they work or if they have other obligations, but it is a possibility if they haven't been breastfeeding feeding exclusively, they might not have as much milk. And so they're going to have to take steps to increase their milk supply. The number one way to increase milk supply is to nurse more and to nurse often. To go along with that, you need adequate amount of calories. You know, I had a mom who didn't have enough breast milk. And I think she was a exerciser and in very good shape, but a little bit um, on the lower BMI. And she just, in the evenings, just didn't have enough milk. She was tired. And um, I suggested her sit down and eat a bowl of cereal. She got out Cheerios. She had a big bowl of Cheerios. And some literature you read say, oh, it takes a couple of days to increase your milk supply. She actually increased her milk supply within an hour or two by eating a bowl of cereal, which was really incredible. So maybe, maybe that was just the amount of calories she needed. Maybe she's different than other moms, who knows? But anyway, she was able to um, increase her milk supply and we were both very surprised. I was as surprised as she was. So thinking about ways of increasing your milk supply by uh, letting the baby nurse as long as the baby possibly will, even when there's no milk available, makes your mammary glands continue to produce. Secondly, having adequate calories and for the mother to have a variety of foods in her diet, that's going to give her enough protein, carbohydrates, and fat to uh, produce that milk. 
Now, between the ages of zero and three months, there are some moms who have not breastfed. Right. Is possible, although it can be very hard, difficult journey to start breastfeeding. And um, the way you would do that is the baby would have to cooperate in that the baby would have to nurse when they're not getting anything. And I have seen systems where um, the baby would nurse and there would be a really small tube that was put next to the nipple that was uh, supplying milk so that the milk is coming from an alternative source, but they are sucking on the breast and that's producing milk. I think that it's possible through pumping to increase your milk supply, but there again, that would be very, very difficult. Um, I found personally, and I've seen with other moms that it's hard to pump as effectively as a child or an infant would um, nurse. So so yeah. there are all kinds of issues with that. And um, a lactation specialist, um, other specialists like pediatrician might be able to help you through that. So um, that zero to three months, if you cannot find formula, that may be the time to go to your WIC office. If you're um, eligible for WIC, go to your pediatrician's office to see if there's any formula there. Call the formula companies, tell them you're desperate for it and um, see if you can't get uh, some sent to you. Try getting it um, out of country. Right. So I, when you were talking about all of that, it, I started thinking too, I'm like, oh, I bet if you tried to pump that that would do it. Because my thought was if a baby's been drinking out of a bottle for say a month or two, to get them to then latch, I think that would be that would be the the holdup that I could see because the baby's not used to that. It's a different feel. It's a different shape. I think that would be um, a process of trying to get the baby to latch normally on that. But you might be able to get it pumping if you can produce enough pumping and then still bottle feed. I know that some people do that too. But yeah, it's interesting to think that that that's even an option. I guess I never even would have thought of that. So, you know, some babies are really, really easy in that way. And other babies, it's just Mm. really difficult. My um, son um, did not latch. Um, There were, he kept doing something weird with his tongue. uh, And I was working, my aunt was a lactation consultant and um, working with her weekly, just trying to get him to latch, trying to get him to latch. And I would cry every time I had to feed him because it hurt so bad. Anyway, I mean, it came to the point where like, and this is really graphic, kind of disgusting. He would like throw up my blood. Like that's, that's how like traumatic it was. And my aunt's like, you need to stop. Like you're done. I'm sorry. You can't do this anymore. And I mean, I remember crying. I was so upset that I had to, the first time I gave him formula, I was so upset that I had to feed him formula because I felt like such a failure as a mom, but you know, it, he's fine. He's healthy. And, and he, that, that's, that's what worked for our family. That's what worked for us in the moment, because what, what was ideal was not an option at that time. Now with my daughter, she latched right away. I was able to breastfeed her the whole year. I did end up supplementing with some formula, you know, six months on just to milk related to milk supply issues. But, um, but yeah, every kid's different. And I realized that every situation is different and there are moms who would love to breastfeed, but they can't for whatever reason. 
Um, and then there are moms who just choose not to breastfeed and that's their choice as well. So that's, that's when there is the option of formula and having these other things. So it's, it's a very personal decision. It's a very, very personal issue, I think for every mom, whether they breastfeed or not, and what decision goes into that. And now with, with these shortages and the fears of shortages, it just makes all of that much more, much more real. So it does, it does. And we don't want to belittle this whole problem because it is huge in our lives. But on the other hand, um, you know, we're talking about pushing back against the culture. And I think we can push back against fear. And even in situations that would normally be fearful, you know, we need to find a peace that passes all understanding. And I'm not trying to be trite in saying this. I just think that there's no other way to handle things. And if you do nurse your baby and you're very stressed because sometimes you supplement with formula and all of a sudden you don't have it and your milk supply might not be there. If you are fearful and stressed about the formula shortage, that is going to make it even worse when you nurse. That's just going to decrease your milk supply, just um, being stressed about it. So when the Bible talks to us about fear not, they're talking about a whole lot of other issues than what we're thinking of, but this is another situation where we can take the Bible at face value. It's fear not. That's going to be a better solution than fear. Right. Yes. And God promises that he's going to supply all of our needs. And unfortunately, I mean, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but, um, you know, feeding your baby is one of those necessities. <laughs> that's not a want. That's not an optional thing. It is a need. And so, um, yes, we need to take the steps that we need to take, I guess, in order to secure or to, to seek out formula or do those things. But we also can trust God and know that he has our best interests at heart. And hopefully this is all short lived. I mean, we have, we have no idea, I guess, how long this is going to last. I know it's, it's very, um, urgent in the moment, I feel like, and hopefully it's short-lived. I think there's lots of variables and lots of reasons why this all came to be. I think, was it, was, are they claiming that the main reason is because of uh, the, the contamination issue? Is that the main reason or is it a supply chain issue? Or do you know what, where did this all come from, Jackie? Well, I've definitely heard that the, um, the Abbott labs were found to have some contaminated um, issues. So that was a huge issue, but it seems like it's way more than that. And we haven't really got answers for exactly why there's such a shortage or, or why it's happened like it is. I have heard that all the ingredients needed for the formula are available. Hmm. And why do they're not put out there? You know, I don't know. And why Canada would have it and the United States wouldn't, you know, that's an interesting issue too. So one thing I want to bring up is I do not think that formula companies have done a good service to women and our population by making it look like formula is the only option to breast milk. And um, breast milk is the optimum food in infancy, but with human milk is not available, then iron fortified formulas are always the next 
step. I mean, that's just the way it has always been. The reasons that these formula companies have marketed it, they say that it's sterile. They say there's less chance of allergens. They say that um, it ha it's more complete uh, nutrients, the, the formula is. So Brooke, would you take any one of those three and explain why those are outdated reasons? Okay, so the allergen one. I think we know now uh, the science has proven we used to think that we needed to delay uh, giving foods because it was going to cause allergies. So like milk, if you think if, if, if you guys remember the rule about don't give your kids peanut butter until they're at least a year or something like that, there was all these rules on when you could introduce these high allergen foods. I think uh, what we know now is that the earlier we introduce these things, the better off they are. So it's actually kind of the opposite of what we had been doing for however many years. Um, so I don't think the uh, avoiding the cow's milk now is, is really uh, an issue. As far as the other ones about the sterile aspect of it, I mean, I don't think food that we need to eat or any food that we eat is sterile. And I don't think it needs to be sterile. Of course, we don't want it tainted with, um, you know, like harmful bacteria or foodborne illness type stuff. Um, but I don't think as far as the sterileness of it, I don't think that matters. And maybe you have something else to share on that, Jackie, but none of the food that we eat is sterile. It's all going to have something on it. Uh, we just want to make sure it's not the, the really harmful bacteria that causes foodborne illness. So. Right. And so when we're using cow's milk, we want to make sure it's pasteurized. Although my family, we milked our own cows and at one time we pasteurized it when I lived with my mom, when we lived with my dad, we did not pasteurize it. And um, we didn't have a problem either way. Although for a baby, I think pasteurized milk is always the way to go. And you would want to use whole milk, not 2% or skim or any of those. They need the whole milk. You supplement with a little bit of iron. Um, I just think that the formula companies have influenced our whole society into thinking that the only option is formula. And I just think that uh, we're coming out now and finding out, well, if you've got a six month old baby, cow's milk probably is an okay supplementation to um, breast milk. So when we think back, I mean, like you said, formula has only been around for, I don't know, a few decades. And so prior to that, when moms couldn't nurse, what did they do? Did they, did they get breast milk from other women? Did they use cow's milk? Like what did they, what did they do a hundred years ago? Um, there were always, uh, some like, a a maid to a wet nurse. Oh, you know, you know what? Nurse. Okay. I, I think I've maybe heard of that before, but I've never thought it was actually like a real thing. So they really did have other people breastfeed their kids. Oh yes. Oh yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. In fact, there are breast milk banks now okay. that has sterile breast milk so that uh, you could get, you can also store your own milk in the refrigerator, breast milk in the freezer and yes. use that. But what are your thoughts? So like, what if say I was say, I, I didn't have any formula for my baby. I couldn't find anything, but my best friend um, is breastfeeding her baby. Could I feed my baby, my friend's breast milk? or is that looked down upon? No, no, I think okay. that that is definitely doable. In fact, um, when you have uh, premature babies, if, if the mother 
for whatever reason cannot nurse that in the hospital, they will actually um, have other mother's milk that's donated to um, feed the baby. So, so when they do that donation, then did you say it's sterile? So do they, they just make sure that it's, that it's not tainted or what do you mean by sterile when it's donated? Yes. Like that? They handle it very carefully. They okay. um, use uh, sterile equipment when they're using a breast pump and then okay. they freeze it immediately, make sure that it would have no um, bacteria introduced okay. to it. Okay. Okay. Got it. So the first, first formula, it was invented in like 1860. So this was like oh. just at the beginning of the uh, Civil War, but it was by a German chemist. So I'm sure it didn't get to America for a while. But he did a powdered mix of wheat flour, malt flour, potassium bicarbonate, and heated cow's milk. Um, it became, in 1869, it became available in the United States for a dollar. So um, it's really, it's actually been around a while, but that is fairly recent history compared to the whole history of uh, mankind. Right. And think of the formula companies and how far we've come with, with that formula, but they have never got found anything that quite matches breast milk. And, and that's just amazing to me that breast milk is still known to be the best source. So when we think of this formula, there are so many options and, and we have just touched on some of those options. Just in the past week with all this shortage stuff going on, I've seen people talking about goat's milk um, or some other homemade recipe formula or other, other homemade formula recipes. Do you have any insight on that? I, I really don't because I haven't looked at it enough um, and I don't feel like I can say, you know, do this or don't do that either way. But do you have anything to add on that if someone's curious about it? Well, you know, the, the thing about um, cow's milk, goat's milk, uh, camel's milk, sheep's milk, those are all a little bit higher in protein for the amount of water found in breast milk. And so it's thought that... Um, dehydration could occur because it's a little bit higher protein level. But as far as uh, goat's milk, I think that it's okay to put a baby on that six months or older on goat's milk or cow's milk. I think they're very similar. I would not use raw milk personally. Um, I know there are websites out there talking about using raw milk, but I, I just think we have pasteurized milk and it's such a convenient uh, sterile type of thing to use. I also have seen people um, with homemade formulas. I think that homemade formulas would be okay in the short term, but I don't think I would use it long term. Um, I don't think that it's as easy to get to mimic breast milk as what uh, some of the recipes show. Right. So um, we talked about the very best thing would be breast milk. Second would be using a uh, commercialized formula. If that's not available for a baby four to six months or older would be cow's milk. If you guys have any questions, um, comments, if you know of any other uh, ways to get formula that I guess we haven't mentioned or that we are not aware of, just let us know. Uh, and we can certainly 
push that out on social media and, and let people know what's available. So we thank you for listening today. Hopefully none of you are in this boat and you're not having to worry about it. But if you are, uh, we hope you found this helpful. So have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. We would love to have you leave a review or comment on our Instagram page. It's been great to share this time with you. And we pray that you have a grace-filled day.